What up, everybody? It's your boy JK. Today is Thursday. You already know what it is. It's Taco Thursday with JK. And today I'm joined. I got a special guest. My special guest for today hails from Nashville, Tennessee. If you are an MTSU Blue Raider fan, then you may know him as a three-time All-American in track and field. If you are an Olympic follower like I am, right, then you may know him as a American record holder for the, in 1975 for the triple jump. And if you definitely follow the Olympics, then you know him as a 1976 Olympian, co-captain of that team. And ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, I got a special guest. His story is so powerful. And to my young adults who I target through my podcast, Second Thursday with JK Podcast, man, a lot of times life is about transition from one career or one stage of your life to the next. And my special guest today have made, has made successful transition from, from after sports and from different careers, man. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all help me welcome my special guest for tonight, Tommy Haynes. How you doing, Tommy? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, JK? Man, I'm doing great, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, it's a blessing. Uh, I appreciate you, man, being willing to come on the show. And, uh, man, everything going good with you? It's going fantastic. If you're getting it better, you know, I won't know what to do with myself. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hear that, man. I hear that, man. And, and so I know I introduced you uh, briefly, man. But but for those that are that, that, that are going to watch this and that's watching this on replay, man, uh, man, tell the people a little bit about who you are, where you're from, man, and what you do. Okay. I'm actually from Nashville, Tennessee, and I hail right now in Frankfort, Kentucky. And when I go into organizations, the first thing I tell them, I say, who am I? And I tell them, I'm a child of God. Everything else is what I do. And, and I tell them with that, let me tell you some of the things I've done and some of the things I will do. And those are the things that have got me through the Olympics. It's got me through the military. It's got me through running for mayor. And it's now uh, taking me on through with a nonprofit. And we're making changes because I said, you got to be the change. Just not talk about change. My, my motto was positive change with Tommy Haynes. And I'm, I'm one of those, I'm still going to make a change, even though I missed that mayorship by just a hair. Yes, sir, man. Hey, positive change with Tommy Haynes. Hey, I, hey, I love that little jingle right there, man. So, so you say you was, you know what I'm saying, born and raised in, in, in Nashville, man, and, and just doing research in the times, man, you grew up, you grew up um, experiencing, uh, right, Jim Crow for some years, and then, um, you know, the, the post or after, but still, you know, racism at, at, at high tension, man. So how was it growing up in the South, in Nashville, uh, Tennessee? Well, it was one of those uh, certain things you just got used to, you know, sitting on the back of the bus, you know, uh, that was typical. You know, happened to have jobs that are more or less serving jobs, that was typical. Uh, it was, and you, it's unfortunate, but that's the role you took. And I was one of those, I started working at the Greyhound bus station when I was 14, You're supposed to be 16 to start working. So I started at 14 as a dishwasher, but see, nobody could see me, I stayed in the back. Worked my way up to clean the tables, worked my way up to a cashier, and when I became 18 years old, they offered me a manager's job at the Greyhound bus station because I knew all facets of it. But at that point, I wanted to go to college. So that wasn't uh, going to be part of my dream. So one thing I got to admit, right, something about our generation and even the younger generation, we want things, we want uh, instant gratification. And so you said you started in the back, right? They couldn't mm -hmm. see you. You, you washing, you do, washing dishes, different things, all the way to working yourself up to, to when you was 18, they wanted to offer you to be over the whole thing. So yeah. so what, what mentality did you have to have and should young adults and those that listen and watch this 
have when when maybe they don't maybe they don't start their career at the level they want to, but they got to work work at like what 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 kind of mentality do they need to have? Well, I think you have to have a made up mind. And I was fortunate that uh, my mother and father, they dropped out of high school as seniors in high school. But I saw their work ethic. You know, he worked at the airport. You know, she worked cooking food at the cafeterias. And uh, and they always worked extra. Sometimes they might have a second job doing things. So their work ethic was telling me that, uh, you know, nobody's going to outwork me. Nobody ain't going to outwork me when we were, I was uh, training for track and field. They weren't going to outwork me. When I was running for mayor, they wouldn't outwork me when I was in the military. So if they were going to come at me, they would have to come at me in a different direction because I would have a mindset. I know that I got to be better than even the white guy next to me. I got to be better, you know, uh, perceived. I have, if nobody else think it, I got to think it. I have that mindset. And then certain things they can't take away from you. Because one example, a guy in college told me that a black person would never get an A in his class because they're not smart enough. Mm -hmm. I read the references. He didn't have a choice but to give me an A list. Nobody's going to get an A. Now, my other, some of my other uh, subjects suffered, but I got that A out of that class, and that guy remembers me. Yeah, nah, man. So, so got to have your mind made up. So, my younger adults out there, man, that are listening to this and knows that, you know, regardless of age, man, or, or what generation, got to have your mind made up. When you're going into it, hey, there's no way I'm going to quit. And like you said, you took on that challenge. Um, I had one of my guests uh, last week, he, he said, uh, challenge the challenge. Right, it's a challenge, but how about you challenge the challenge, man? So I think that's that's powerful, man. And I think, you know, just growing up in those times, I can't even imagine how you just said, man, um, having to go to the, the back of the bus, man. So so like, how do you, in 2022, how far have we really come? When you think about when you was a child and growing up and having to sit at the back of the bus, like how far do you really think we've come as as one as 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 black people, the community, but just as as a country, as a world? Well, I would say if it was on a scale for hundred percent, we probably have come forty, and and that's that's a you know that's a step in the right direction. Of course, uh, we found out that you had to make changes in the political world to make real changes because those become law, you know. And that was all about the voting. Then it was about the jobs, you know. Then it's about education. You know, when I came through, they had integration, and, and I was one of the first classes that integrated into the white school. And that was different because they didn't want to be with us, and we was okay with World War because we didn't know any better. We didn't know we were getting hand down books. But it's one of those that you work through those processes, and then through working through it, sports kind of help people come together because the three things I said brings people together is food, music, and sports. Uh, you know, for some reason, if you get those going in the right directions, people will come together and it's non-threatening. And that's uh, some of the things that I try to do here in the community is make sure we invite uh, people that don't look like me to uh, HBCUs and mm -hmm. people on HBCUs come on downtown and let's, uh, we might have to look at some, listen to some country rock. Yeah, yeah. Bit, but, uh, but, you know, just enjoy the atmosphere because it wasn't always this way. It wasn't always possible to bring people together that are not the same race, the same background, the same ethnicity. So it's one of those that uh, I've had a, a gift of bringing people together of differences. And uh, that's that's been a gift. I, I say it was came from on high because it was nothing I trained on, nothing I did. It came naturally and it's been working for me, you know, throughout my life. Man, that's that's amazing. And, and I love that you have held on to that perspective and, and, and knowing what, how it once was and, and, and knowing that the liberties that all I know, right? All I know, cause I didn't experience segregation. 
Um, all I know is what I see. Um, but but just listening to you lets me know, hey, man, I need to 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 appreciate the diversity, right? Love my, you know, love those that look like me and those that don't look like me, and being able to come together as as one, because it's it's one human race. Um, and so you talked about sports, right? Being one of those pillars uh, that that just bring people together. So so doing my research, you played football, you was captain of the football team, captain of the uh, track and field team in high school. Uh, man, how was that? Like, how did you get into sports? Well, actually, I used to be on a, a team uh, at North High School. Um, they called the Hogan's Heroes. And they, you didn't get in the game unless we were winning by a whole bunch or we was losing by a whole bunch. Yeah. We had our numbers taped down. We had boots, but we had heart. But what happened... All of us kept training, and a few people from the Hogan's Heroes became stars, and I just happened to be one of them. Yeah. Uh, that my, by my senior year, I had really gotten faster, really gotten stronger. But unfortunately, the quarterback quit, and I wanted to be a wide receiver because I had speed to catch the ball. Well, I had to end up being quarterback because the, uh, the quarterback quit because I knew all the plays. Yeah. But, uh, I, and we went 8-2 and two that year, so we had a, a good season, went to the bowl game. And I actually, in my yearbook, I said I wanted to be a professional football player. And I was going to say slash or an Olympian, but mm -hmm. they, didn't give you, they didn't give you enough space. Yeah. And I said, now I have to live it down that I look like I failed and never made that professional football team. Man, I hear you, man. I, I hear you, man. That's, that's crazy, man. So, so, okay, why not? So you went, you went to MTSU, right? So shout out to MT. I played football at MTSU. Mm -hmm. uh, man, you're a legend. MTSU Hall of Famer, three-time All-American, um, you know, just doing amazing, set a, set a record 1975 and a triple jump. Um, man, why why track and field and not football when you went to college? Why? Primarily because of money. Because uh, I didn't get any football scholarship money, and I got uh, I didn't get a scholarship the first year I ran track. I actually had to wash the track clothes. I was on a work study. But none of the athletes knew that I was the one washing the clothes. Went on scholarship, and that's a secret. That's why Dean Hayes, you know, I love him to death. You know, he passed this year. I actually went to uh, MTSU for two reasons. I wanted to follow Charles Wilson, who was uh, my roommate when I first got there. He also went to Nashville North and was the fastest cat out of Nashville in the 100 and 200. And he's in my book. Yeah. And it's one of those, uh, you know, following his footsteps and then going to a place where a coach knew what he was doing in the triple jump, and he hadn't quite become the legend that he ended up being. Because now he has a host of championships, you know, of everything. But when I first got there, he had only been there five years. So he was just starting to put together a program. So we had a lot of individuals, but um, we didn't have a team that could win uh, championships. But he should develop it and de develop it well. Now, it's, it's, it's almost like full circle, man. When, when I went to, to MTSU in 2007, right? So, he, so Dean Hayes, the legend. You know, yeah. by then, right? And, and so you getting to um, get there and uh, with Dean Hayes in, in the genesis and the beginning stages, man, is 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 amazing to to be able to hear how it started um, and, and and where I ended up. And that's just encouragement for me, and encouragement for for the listeners, especially my younger adults, is that hey, like you may start, don't 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 despise humble beginnings. Right, because right? uh, Dean Hayes turned into a legend, and so you can't, so can you as well, man. And so, what what do you believe? about your childhood prepared you to do what you did in, in, in sports, in school, athletics, coaching, political world, um, and, and to what you're doing now. What, what, what about your childhood do you believe kind of helped pave the way for you to do what you do? 
I think the, the, the first thing, my first competitor was my oldest sister, because she could beat me running. So the, so the one time that I beat her running, we had to run about 12 times because she couldn't believe I could beat her. Yeah. So once I beat her, I said, I got some speed because everybody knew she was fast. And then as I uh, kept going forward, uh, seeing that uh, sometimes we went out getting breaks as black people. Uh, and I said, okay, now I've got to find a way to make this work for me because um, I always had jumping ability. Uh, matter of fact, I used to get in trouble because I jumped from chair to couch. And they said, boy, quit jumping around in there. You know, but it's one of they didn't know that was going to come in handy later on. So I said, sometimes you can take the smallest gift and, um, you know, pray about it. And that small gift takes you a lot farther than you ever would have dreamed of. Because I'm also a, a dreamer. So uh, it was one of those, I did feel like, you know, God wanted me to do something. And I think this is the way he allowed me to you know, be on a podcast like this. He allowed me to be on a stage at Olympic thing. Because one of the times uh, I got hurt, uh, tore ACL, I prayed that, Lord, if you just give me uh, enough, uh, get well, so that I won't lose my scholarship, because I got a scholarship that second year, mm -hmm. you know, I said, I'll be forever grateful. Well, he not only, he said, you don't know who you're talking to. He not only took care of that, you know, he took me on to the Olympics and a whole bunch of records in between. And that's why I always have to thank God for and be in gratitude for him blessing me this way, because, you know, all this could have could have been wiped out early on. Yeah. You know, I just told my knee up pretty bad and that was my jumping leg. And so it's kind of hard to jump on something that's, uh, you know, torn up. Yeah, no, definitely, man. And, and that's that's a powerful testimony right there, man. We we be uh, we underestimate God. Uh, yeah. we, we we think that our our prayers, our what we want is, is so big when he's like, that's just the surface. Like, you, right. you ain't even tapping into what I can do. Right now, only can I do this, but I can take you to a whole nother level, bring you back from your, your injury and have you jumping further, man. And, and so um, I definitely want to get into um, just more of your Olympic career coaching and, and the political. But I, I want to um, dive into your book because I think your book is going to lead us to those those places. I want to start off allowing you to introduce yourself and let, letting the people that's listening, that's watching, get to know you a little bit, man. But you, you wrote, wrote a book and, and it's titled What the L? And the subtitle is Lead, Love, and Laugh. Man, tell, tell us about your book, about your book. Okay. And um, first of all, I have to say that when I first started writing, I was thinking just a memoir or something to my family members, because I had family members that, believe it or not, didn't know I went to the Olympics. Didn't even know I was in the military. Didn't know that I got into the political world. And that was because I was in the military 20 years. So if somebody's five years old when I went in the military, they 25 when I come back. Yeah. I went to the Olympics while I was in the service. So they would have missed that part. So that's, that was my first start of uh, writing something down. And then I based it on the triple jump, which is a hop, step, and jump. And I said, I hopped to the Olympics, stepped in the military, and jumped into politics. Wow. And, I said, and those don't normally, you know, not a trend. You know, that's not the way they would tell you to go about it. I never took any political science courses. You know, uh, I just kept serving. And I always told people, I said, I'm a public servant first. You know, I said, the politician thing is just a tag they put on things. But I said, I'm not in it for myself. I want to make sure that we do the best we can for all the people. And uh, some people are getting that for the wrong reasons. So, uh, you know, that's kind of was my motivation going through because you see some people not get ahead because they don't need, uh, you know, to, you know, to just give them a helping hand. Now, they're not looking for a handout. Yeah. But, you know, there's some people that uh, they need just that little bit to get over. And that's why I also, even after I came back, had been to the Olympics, coached at West Point, uh, I came back and coached uh, high school track here. 
and we ended up winning three championships. And then and a guy had told me he knew who I was. And I told him I would like to help with the track team because my daughter was running on it. Uh-huh. And she just uh, retired from the military and came here. We're in a very new environment. He said, well, what can you coach? I said, everything from the 400 down and all the field events. He said, we've never scored any points in the field events. And I said, that's about to change. Mm. And he couldn't believe uh, what had happened. I had middle distance runners that wanted to pole vault. They went in and became state champions, got scholarship to U of L. Wow. Had, a basket, had a basketball player that never ran track. I saw him dunking the ball. I called him over and said, I need you to come out for track. He said, uh, I don't want to run. I said, I ain't asked you to run. He said, well, you told me to come out for track. I said, I ain't asked you to run. I said, I think you could be a dynamic high jumper. He ended up going six, eight in high school and over seven feet at the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they have several other ones, that, uh, even my own daughters. I uh, coached them and uh, one went to Kentucky State University, the other went to the University of Louisville. And uh, that gave them either scholarships or partial scholarships to go along their academics. I did this for a whole group of people. And I said, that was my way of giving back because uh, I could see talent. And I said, if you develop that talent, you stick with it, you know, you that can at least help you towards your, in going to college because college is very expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to look back and see those kind of people smiling now. And they were saying, that's Coach Haynes. You know, yeah. they, they, they don't say anything about the limp, limp thing. They said, that's Coach Haynes because they, they more respect what I did for them. And their parents were really happy. Cause they had to pay that college money. Yeah. Now, and, and it's so, uh, I, and RIP to Kobe Bryant, man, he said this when he was done, he said he wanted his second act to be greater than his first act. And when you said that, cause your, your career is, is amazing. But when you just said that people don't even, when they see you, they say that's coach Haynes. They don't even see the Olympian because your second, your third, your fourth act, was greater than your first act. And I, and I think, man, that's just, that's powerful because especially being a former athlete like myself, that's my mindset. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I had a good, you know, athletic career, was blessed to play professional, but what I do now, right? Teaching and impacting the youth, mm-hmm. I want to be known more for that than, than you know, my, my athletic career. And uh, so when you say, so I'm a coach, you say you see talent. Do, is, now, obviously it's a, it's a gift from God, but, but what, what, is it that you use to see that talent, but not just see it, but then be able to tap into their potential to get the best out of them? What, what, what can you say to coaches like myself on mm-hmm. how to get the best out of your players? And, and, and what you have to realize that each person is gonna have a different level. And I just wanted to digress a little bit to tell you my greatest success story. Uh, I was doing my st- uh, student teaching at a high school in Murfreesboro, Central High School it was at that time. Yeah. I had a disabled person in the class and we was teaching the high jump. Well, I knew that she couldn't high jump, so I had to just come over and just fall back on the mat, fall back on the mat. See, that didn't bother you. Okay, now jump a little bit off the floor and fall on the mat, fall on the mat. She did this several times, and her mother came and told me, she said, what did you do to my daughter? She looks forward to coming to your class. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. said, because she has gotten over a fear that she had because, because of her disability. Now, yes, yeah, she wasn't going to be a world-class athlete, but for her to be able to compete, just do some of those she might end, end up competing in the Special Olympics mm. because she can see that, you know, I can do some things. I just can't do what they're doing. And uh, and like I said, when I saw that one guy in the gym jumping and just by putting his elbow, I mean, that's an easy one. But yeah. sometimes you can go to a playground and watch kids just run. And you say, that person has natural speed, has fast twitch muscles. Mm. You see another person that runs all day long, just got plenty of energy. 
that'd be a good middle distance, distance runner, and given the right training. Yeah. You know, that's why they, you know, they said that, uh, well, you know, my kid's hyperactive. I said, well, give them a hyperactive coach. I said, and they put the two together and they, you know, they'll work it out. Yeah. You know, you got to be certain things to uh, different athletes. And, uh, and I think that was the gift that Dean Hayes had. You know, he cared about each athlete and what they were doing. You know, uh, I, I hear from every, the athletes came way after me. And it sounds like a broke record. So they sound like, hey, they're talking about the same guy I'm talking about. And uh, when I was talking to him years ago, and, and he had us when uh, you know, integration wasn't popular. You know, we might go down to Alabama. And we went to a, a restaurant one time. They wouldn't let the blacks in. And, uh, we, and we told the white guys, man, get, get some food to bring to the bus. They said, no, nah, if they ain't feeding y'all, they ain't feeding us. Now, at the time, you know, we're young and, you know, not so smart. We said, man, we hungry. Go on and get that chicken. Go get that egg. <laughs> but they didn't. And we yeah. finally got to a stop. And we knew the drill then. We said, okay, y'all just go in and get something. You know, we just wait out here. But, you know, second time around, everybody's hungry. But that, again, that brought us together as a team. And to this day, the ones that are living, they still remember those tight, tough times. Yeah. It was tough love, but, you know, they went through it with us. Man, that's that's powerful to hear, um, and it's it, it contradicts what we hear in the media, right? Mm -hmm. The that the, the the division that there is between you know blacks and whites, and 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 you know, but I think so many times we got to go off with just our experience, right? Mm -hmm. Opposed to what we see, and so from those experiences, what you're saying, man, is that that they were willing to sacrifice because they seen y'all as one. That, that hey, regardless, our, our pigmentation is different, but we're on the same team trying to accomplish the same goal. And if you're not gonna feed them, we're not gonna sit up here and, and go get that food, man. That that is that's amazing. And, and so now I, I applaud you, man, because writing a book, right? Um, because I think one, sometimes we we let age be a barrier, mm -hmm. right? And whatever it is uh in life, man. So so what would you say to somebody that, regardless of their age, they might think they're 20 and they're too old to do something. They might think they're 30, 40, 50, 80. What would you say to the person that's contemplating doing something, but they think they're too old to do it? Well, I'm telling them, to, uh, first of all, pray about it and uh, and, and be ready for answers because you would get an answer if, if you pray because mm -hmm. uh, it'll come from other people. It'll come from stuff you read. Because what I've told people, I've had plenty of people to tell me a long time ago that, you know, you should write some of this stuff down. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of blew it off. Like, I don't have time to be doing that. Yeah. And, uh, and I tell the, the people that the book, I say, you know what? I didn't like to read. And I didn't like to write. It seems so odd that I wrote a book, mm -hmm. you know, but I say, but it's one of those that uh, mine just happened to come at a special time when we did have COVID. Mm -hmm. So that gave us, gave me even more time, you know, because I wasn't doing too much during that time or traveling around. And I always had these thoughts in my mind, but didn't want to put it in, uh, uh, you know, put it in writing. And when they actually did this book, I was so crazy about the cover, you know, because what we fought over mostly was just the wings. Yeah. The, uh, the, can, the I say, can, you, can you put that up again? Uh-huh. Ah, uh, that's nice right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the wings on it, I wanted it like that horse, you know, that horse. That, the uh, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I finally just said, okay, these are close enough. Yeah. <laughs> I said, it's just a cover. It's going to be the attention getter. Yeah. They did a fantastic job of you know, integrating the pictures on it that had me, you know, doing triple jumping, the military uniform, you know, the civilian uh, part of it. And it just, you know, I was, I was pleased 
And uh, it's only about 113 pages long, and uh, that's including the pictures that I put in the back. Mm -hmm. And I try to put the, uh, the font a little bit larger because I don't like to squint. Yeah, yeah. Are you thinking about your readers? Yeah, yeah. That's good. I have good. one chapter that's only one page long. Hey, that's and it's, and it's probably the most powerful chapter of the book. Yes, sir. Because it is it's called the aha moment. Mm. Yeah, you, know, you know, that one's really deep because that one caught me on a spiritual, caught me off guard. Yeah. And when something catches you off guard, because uh I had made the statement, and I can tell you since it's only short. That I had asked God one time, if you really real, if you would just show me, you know, give me some kind of sign because I'm walking to church from school by myself, mm. coming back, even if I go out and party, the next morning I'm gonna be going to somebody's church on Sunday, yeah. uh -huh. and He allowed me to go to Africa, and I, and then He allowed me to go to Tel Aviv, Israel, wow. and I was at the Red Sea, and all of a sudden the wind came through and brought back to the memory and said, if you're really real, give me an experience. I get chills. When I think about it, because that, that was just me and God and the whisper of the wind. And I said, I will never doubt you again. At the Red Sea. Yep. And that's when things changed. When I came back, you know, it's like, it's in your hand. Yeah. You know, said, said, let's do whatever, you know, you want me to get accomplished. And uh, I think people saw a, new, a difference. They said, you don't seem to care if you win, you lose. I said, I, I care that I try to do the best I can on that day. Mm -hmm. I said, you don't always be on your best on a particular day, but at least I try to be the best, better today than I was yesterday. And I said, that keeps me going, keeps you fresh, because every day is a real, a fresh new beginning. New start, new grace and mercy. That's right. So what, how important um, has your relationship with Jesus Christ um, been in, in just your journey, like? From, from that moment and to now in the political world, I mean, athletics, uh, military, like how, how important has that been, your relationship with God? It's been uh, my number one. And, uh, but I wouldn't, didn't always start off that way. My father was an alcoholic mm -hmm. and I tasted some with him as I was growing up, even when I was too young. My mother was a church goer. And I said that, uh, I told people I had a drug a problem when I was growing up because my mother drugged me to church, drugged me to Sunday school, <laughs> drugged me to Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that was good yeah but through all of that that's what kind of developed uh, my inner self that I said you know believe in something like you'll fall for anything mm. so when I had that uh, concrete thing you know they couldn't knock me off a of pedestal because I wasn't trying to get on a pedestal mm. I said I'm just doing taking one step and just letting them uh, order my steps and they all have been corrected I have been called a fool when I went to MTSU without a scholarship because I had scholarship offers Mm. They said, who goes to the school, and, you know, and don't have a scholarship, don't have money? Yeah. I said, I said, in my heart, I feel like that's where I, uh, I need to be. Mm. And I said, the Lord will work it out. And boy, work it out, he did. Hey, hey nah, I hear that. And, and, you know, similar story. I had, you know, I went on scholarship, but um, I remember a guy telling me, uh, he said, uh, man, you going to MTSU? I was like, yeah. He said, man, they don't, they don't throw enough in that conference. You should go to the MAC. And I'm like, nah, like, this is where I want to go. And, and fast forward, this same guy ended up sitting in the stands when I was winning my second Arena Bowl championship in the Arena All Football right. League, right? You know, watching yeah. me play. Uh, and it was just like, man, people going to always have something to say, even ourselves. But as long as we know that what we're doing 
we tr prayed about it and we trust in that, that we're being guided by God. Um, you know what I'm saying? It says in all things, God, right? Works That's right. for the good, right? In all things. So even if something ain't good, in that God could work it right, and, you right. know, for our good. And so, uh, man, that's hey, that's powerful, right there. What What would you say was the most challenging thing for you um, in writing your book? I, I think just uh, carving out the time and just doing it. I think what, what hurts anybody is procrastination, mm. you know. And and we we actually busy ourselves too much, you know. Uh, we we have something we look at tv at a certain time of the day and then we take time for that we take time for everything else but when it comes time to do something for yourself it's always get put on the back burner you know a phone call takes you away you might be on the phone for an hour could at least put an hour into your writing yes and that's what i had to keep telling myself uh, and i had a good coach uh, like i said when uh Oliver reed we said okay i i need you to have such and such done by december such and such uh, yeah 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 and I did make a nice trip to the Bahamas, uh, actually to support my daughter who was speaking over there. And uh, I had time because I was on this compound and we was way away from everything except I had the beach in front of me, some chairs, but and a swimming pool. Not, not, yeah. Other people would just, they come out of vacation. They don't come do anything. They have a lot of conferences. Yeah. Yeah. So that I got a, a big start there. Gotcha. Just doing some writing. Now you say your daughter, now is she a professional speaker? She's actually a medical doctor down in Daytona Beach, and she has written a book herself, okay. Don, and uh, she has her own practice. And my other daughter's uh, also a doctor, but she's uh, in chiropractic. And I have two sons, and one's an electrical engineer, and the other one's here with me that works at the airport in heating and air conditioning. And that's why I said they all had different talents. And my oldest son, that went into heating and air conditioning, uh, at one time when he got out of the military, he's just gonna hang out at the house. And I said, No, what are you what what do you what are you interested in? What do you like doing? He said, I like working with my hands and I worked on things. I went to the tech school and yeah. got the information, brought it to him. And I gave it to him and a little bit uh, longer. I saw him fill out the paperwork. Long story short, he ended up being in competitions and got very good at uh, mechanical things, and now they really depend on him at the airport. And this is somebody who really didn't want to go to college, didn't want to. And that just wasn't his thing. And I said, sometimes the same way you look at a person and say, well, that may not be the person. I can't force them to go to college or four-year yeah. school. You got to see what are their interests. Because mm -hmm. people do better and stuff they're interested in. Very, very true. And, I, and that's and it's crazy because I'm a um, high school educator. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's um, one of the things that I do. And and I try to let my scholars know, like, hey, I asked him, hey, what did what you want to do? What like what's your vision? What what's something you want to do in the future? I don't know. Okay, let's think about this. What is it you like doing? What is it that you're good at? What is it you're skilled at? Right. And, and one of the scholars was like, I'm good at listening to people. I said, okay, now let's think about careers, right? A therapist, psychologist, different things where you have to listen, a counselor, right? And so I think is man, and just like you said, even when you was a kid, you was jumping off of things. And my dad used to say the same thing. He said, I used to be running around the house. And, and my mom used to say, sit down, boy. And my daddy was like, nah, because you don't never know. He might, he might, you know, go make it and whatever that is. And so I think it's important for, for my young adults out there that may be young parents, right? Mm -hmm. and, you, and your parent, your kids are running around, jumping around. And, and uh, you think that it's being disruptive, but, but it actually uh, could be a gift, right? Mm -hmm. Gift that, that they could use in the future. So, so that's... That's definitely uh, amazing, amazing, man. So how long would you say overall, you say it took you to write write the book, um, 
get it edited and get it published. How long would you say? Well, it took me from November to May. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that's about six months. Yeah, about six months. Yeah, but I had thought about it a lot. Yeah, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, you just had to, uh, you just got to put it out. So anybody out there, yeah. you think about writing a book? Me and my wife, we actually in the final uh, stages, man. We 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 submitting our pictures actually today, um, uh, for for our book cover, man. So so I we know how that that process. You have it here. You got to get it on the page. You got to go ahead and follow through with it. Um, uh, but uh, but that's that's definitely awesome, man. So uh, I get, I want to get back to to the Olympics, right? Going into the Olympics and and. Uh, like just how was that experience being being an Olympian, um, representing your country, right against all the countries in the world? Like how what was your, what's your greatest experience from that? The opening ceremonies, without a doubt. Yeah, I tell I tell people anytime that I said I don't know what heaven is like, but this is the way it felt to me when you have all the people you know speaking all these different languages, and you're marching around. We're representing the different countries. We represent the United States. And uh, you walk out, it's just a feeling on you. you even the crowd, you know, everybody's in a happy mood. You know, I said, now this is this is worth it. Just this. Yeah. I said, if, I, if I didn't get anything else, you know, being in this uh, opening ceremonies, and uh, and even though I had visited 32 countries, I didn't get to get that feeling when I went to other countries. It was either competing, you know, I go to Russia, go to China, go to you know, you just wake up in places. Yeah. Because they have they set, set you on these things where after a while you got to compete against different people. Uh-huh. Uh, I still didn't get the sense that I got when I was in the Olympic Village and open ceremonies. Even when you go to eat, you go to eat and they have different foods. And of course, they're going to fix different foods because people eat differently. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I, I laugh about it. At one point in my book, I was talking about we have different odors. I say, you ever been around a whole bunch of athletes that been working out all day really hard? Yeah. And, you know, those combined older coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because because what I realized too, like different, uh, you know, uh, ethnicities, ethnicities, countries, um, you know, shower habits might be different, you know. Yeah. So I know that got to be, you know, because we already get funky when you when you sweat. So to to get in <laughs> intertwined with so many different people and countries, I know yeah. that had to be a uh, unique man. So tell me. Tell me about that, that jacket back there, man. Uh, that, is, that is actually the Olympic jacket that I wore in the opening ceremony. And I just picked it up. Uh, MTSU had it. Yeah. Since, since they weren't disciplined, they were just disciplining my Olympic shoes and a photo and stuff. And I asked them, could I have my jacket and uh, the silver medal that I had gotten down at the uh, Pan American Games back? Because when I'm out on these book tours, it makes for a nice prop. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, so I say, right now, y'all just got it in some box somewhere. You know, uh, can I get that when I come down there and Jim, uh, I was going to say Jim Freeman. It's not Jim. Black. I lost Jim, Jim's other name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you good. You so good. Then, so, so now you got inducted into the Hall of Fame at MTSU. How, like, I mean, that's something that, that I aspire to do one day. Right, uh, that's a goal of mine. I should say on my bucket list. Um, how was that? Like when when you know that your your work and your your time, your efforts, um, are are appreciated. And, and not saying you needed that validation because you didn't, but 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 we are human and we like that. So how did you feel when when you did make it to the Hall of Fame? Well, I, I was one uh, very uh, excited and ecstatic because I was the first living black that got inducted. That I got inducted back in 1988. There was one other guy that had gotten it posthumously. Yeah. You know, who was there, and I didn't know his name. And at the time, you know, 88, 
you know, that was, I had, you know, graduated in 74 and you had to be out of school for so long and mm -hmm. whatever, but I, you know, I was glad that happened. And I was also glad to be a, a part of inducting other people because once you're inducted, you can become a voter. Okay. For, for people in the future and even served on uh, when they committed. And it's a tough job. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Because you have oh, so, so, do you, so you do, do you vote right now? Yeah. Okay. So what, what that process is? What, what, they, they, they they sent us out a, a sheet of paper. I was supposed to recommend somebody. Yeah, yeah. On that, and they sent out a list. But they they have a committee that actually is there. That, mm -hmm. And they might have a hundred application, and they'll narrow it down to thirty. Then another group come in, and they have to narrow that thirty down to whatever they're going to induct that year, five, six. Wow. And, and then plus you've added the female sports. You so know, that, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, they don't get the. In, I think then where they only inducted three the year I was inducted, mm. and there was somebody you know like from the fifties, somebody from the sixties, and I was in the seventies. Wow! And so it was very, but and I didn't get inducted to eighty eight, but uh, it was one of those that was it was a tough one. That was one of those I really didn't look at because I didn't know that much about it at the time. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I was still out there trying to uh, do your do thing. Things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, man, hey, congrats! Because not only did you make it to the Hall of Fame, but but you you first living black um, to be inducted. And, and so to know that I'm, I'm talking to, I already knew I was talking to a legend, but it, it, it's even the brain get like for, to that close, like, you know, tangible, because I call the games on MT, uh, on ESPN3 for MTSU, right? Okay. So I'm, I'm down there, I go to the Hall of Fame, different things, and to know anytime I see an African-American get inducted, I know I talked to the first ever, you know what I'm saying, living black to get right. inducted, so... Ah uh, man, congrats, man, congrats! Like when you think about all that you have done, all you have accomplished, um, your kids, everything they accomplished. What would you say is that that number one? I, I ain't even gonna limit you to number one. What's your top top three moments? Your top so, three. Moments? I, I would say family first because mm -hmm. uh, you know I just come from a very close family, and yep. even now, you know we continue to be close. You know, uh, my wife passed away about four years ago and still uh, the rest of us uh, get together. You know, we got together uh, down in Tennessee, in Gatlinburg, they had a big old, you know, fun time together. Mm -hmm. uh, and my wife's family, we still get together, even though she's not uh, no longer with us. We do that. And then the next thing is travel. I found that if, if you do traveling, you just pick up habits that uh, you can't pick up if you stay in your own little area and never get out. And I think that's what helped my uh, daughters and sons do well, because when I was in the military, I traveled. They traveled. So they, they got the experience of going to different schools, uh, different people, different problems. But, you know, uh, we worked through all those, mm -hmm. and they, they just figure out that, uh, okay, uh, this world is big, but it's really not as big as you think it is when you're just staying in one place. Yeah. Now I think uh, those two things uh, were the main were the main things that you know kept us growing, you know, and kept us going. Gotcha, gotcha, man. Well, that's well, that's definitely, definitely, uh, you know, powerful, man. And and I'm sorry, you know, to hear about your wife as well. And um, you know, definitely glad to hear that you and your family, man, y'all really enjoying uh, life and just taking one day at a time, man. And uh, you know, anytime I bring a guest on, right, I'm doing all the interviewing, uh, but I allow my guests. To, to ask me one question, right, towards the end of the show. 
Uh, and no, I know this is the first time we we meeting, um, but I feel like we've been having a good conversation. Find out we got a lot of things in common or, or, or whatnot, man. So I allow my guests to to ask me one question. It could be about what we're talking about. It could be about anything, man. So, uh, man, just ask away. What makes you who you are? What makes me who I am? That is very good. Um, what makes me who I am? That's deep right there. I would say, obviously, my, my, my relationship with God, my identity um, in Christ. Uh, and I say that because um, God is, 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 uh, is never changing, right? He's the same um, today, same, you know, as, as he was yesterday and forever. And so we, I know I've been made in his image. I would never be perfect like him, right? But I've been called to, I believe I've been called to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something me, when I look at myself in the mirror, I believe I'm, I'm a consistent human being. Um, who you get today is who you'll get tomorrow. My, my scholars, I tell them, when y'all come to class, y'all gonna get the same Mr. Kelly consistently. Uh, mm -hmm. And just like my aura, just who I am, even if I'm going through something outside of the, the school walls, I don't get consistent. You can ask my coaches. I was consistent. I didn't, I might didn't go crazy in my stats, but every year you can count on me by three to two picks, 70 tackles, sports. I, and, and so that's how I live life. And I know that as a servant of God, I've been called, I've been made in his image. And I know God is not only um, consistent, but he was perfect, but I've been called to be consistent. And that's, that's what I think I am, man, is my identity in Christ is uh, consistency, man. And that's, that's, that's me. But where's you and your family from? Because I, I like your 20 in the back because my yeah. high school number was number, number 10 one time and number 20 the other oh. time. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, so hey, this is this divine right here, man. Uh, uh -huh. so, so I'm originally from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh -huh. right? So I'm from Florida. I made my way up here, uh, football scholarship. Um, uh, I'm actually, I ended up getting recruited by MTS. She was, they wasn't even there recruiting me. They was recruiting who happened, who became my roommate, but they was recruiting another guy on another team who was playing. And um, I, they was ble I was blessed. They seen me, um, and then they started recruiting me, and um, I made my way up here. Uh, that's how I met my wife. We met in 2009. Um, she's from here. Uh, and, and so uh, once I graduated, you know, play, blessed to go play professional football, played uh, in New Orleans, Arizona, Nebraska, and, um, and made my way back here. So my wife is from here. Her, her, her mom is from Mississippi. Batesville, Mississippi. Some of the nicest people I ever I ever meet uh, is from you know Mississippi, and uh, her dad is from Nashville. Oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. So um, his uh, his fam, uh, Randy Holt. I don't know if you know any Holtz, um, but uh, but yeah. So they from from Nashville. So she from here, Nashville, and I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, though, man. But, oh, uh, but definitely, definitely. And I and so as we close, man, I, I definitely want to one, um, man, what what. What are your future goals? Like what? What more books? Um, continue in the political world. Like what? What's your future goal? I think uh, primarily I will one day probably have my own nonprofit to help more, even more people. Uh, so I am doing some things with, in real estate. Uh, you know, just been blessed uh, in different ways that that way, which is not my calling. I don't feel called to do stuff in real estate, but when it falls in your lap, mm. you know, and say, okay, uh, Lord, you know, do whatever you need to do. Uh, so I can do the right thing, you know, do yeah. your thing in me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just, I get a joy out of helping people and seeing the smile on their face because uh, I've even had some people tell me, they say, you're too nice. I say, why you say that? He said, can you let a guy come over to your house and wash clothes? You feed him on Sunday, you know, uh, 
I said, he's a guy that's growing. I said, uh, and it's not costing me anything for him to wash his clothes here. I was going to get a KFC bucket of 12 anyway, you know, so I'm, and I'm going to have leftovers. Yeah. So I said, it's really, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I said, now if he has to move in, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Now, nah, I, I, I think, man, what, you, what you're doing sounds like um, you, you just being a model of Christ, example of Christ. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he, he lets us know, like, man, um, man, the person we see down the street who's hungry, uh, who needs shelter, like, that's when you, you entertaining me. So how we treat those that, you know, we know, we're not better than anybody, but that might not have as much as we have or whatnot, um, how we treat them is ultimately how we treat God, because they're, 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 our, they, they're his people, just like we're his people. Um, and somebody did it for us to a certain extent. And so the fact that you, 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 you're blessed, and I think that's what God wants. Like, God want to know, can I bless you to get a blessing to somebody else? And if I can, I'm going to keep blessing you. And that's what it seems like, man, he's been doing in your life. And, uh, and, and man, keep up the great work for real. And, and where can people go and, and buy your book? Let them know where you, they can get your book at. Okay, just go to Amazon.com and just look for What the Hell. And make sure you look for Tommy Z. Haynes or Lee Love, because I have saw that. One other book from a long time ago that's called What the Hell. Yeah. I never knew, I never knew that existed. Gotcha. Uh, All right, so then go to Amazon, type in What the Hell, the letter mm -hmm. L, right? What the L um, by Tommy Haynes and... I want you to, I, 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 I allow my guests to end off on some encouragements to some young adults. Um, what would you say, could you leave, leave us with encouragement to the young adult out there that is in the midst of a transition? They, they're transitioning from playing sports to not having to go into the, to the work field or they're transitioning from a job or a career that they've had for years um, to now uncertainty. Um, what, what advice would you give that person? Whatever job you're doing, doing the best you can you can do in that job. Work as though you're working for the Lord, not for whoever's your boss. If you put that foot forward, the others will come. The promotions will come. They'll see your work. And actually, you become so good in your work, sometimes you become the supervisor. Because now you do it so well, you know how to train other people to do it. And I said, and that's what I've seen throughout my life and also people that I've told that too. I've seen them do the same thing and they, they always have a progression, you know, and, and just like I said, on the very first end, stand for something or you'll fall for anything. So, you know, try to get you a spiritual base. You know, I'm one of those that I'm in, I've been in areas that I couldn't even talk about my Christ in a, in a political thing. They said, you can't do that. So I just said, in your name, you know, I said, he knows and they know too, because I said, uh, I'm going to let them know. And as soon as I get away from that form, I said, uh, you know, that's in Jesus Christ's name. You got that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, no, I understand just this, this knowing who your audience is and and um, the, the environment, man, but knowing who you're talking about and, and, and glorifying God, man. Well, well, Tommy, man, hey, I appreciate you. I have enjoyed this interview. I have learned a lot. Um, I salute you. Uh, it, it is inspirational, man, just hearing you because you, you haven't stopped. And you won't stop, right? From, from one stage of your life to the next, from one career to the next. And it's all about blessing others, man, and, and doing it in Jesus' name, man. So once again, man, I appreciate you. Uh, is there, uh, got social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, anything, website they can follow? Well, they have all of it, and it's all at Tommy Z. Haynes. Okay, at Tommy Z. Haynes. 
Uh-huh. And okay. I'm going to I'm have to check that because uh, somebody was telling me something wasn't working. So I'm going to have to go in, I think some passwords or something that I have to go yes. and check, check, check in because, you know, I'm a little older. Instagram came way, you know, after me. So uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am, man. Hey, you're still young, man. I'm gonna make sure I tell uh Charles Wilson, man. I'm actually once I um transfer this over to to YouTube and everything, you'll you'll get a um I send a link over to Oliver, so you'll be able to get in. I make sure I tell uh, Charles Wilson to go check out the interview too, man. And so, uh, man, I appreciate those that are that will and that are watching this and that will listen to this on my my uh, podcast platforms on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and those that's watching on my YouTube channel, Jeremy Kellum. Be sure to subscribe. Hey, continue to wake up, striving to win on purpose, be intentional about winning. And y'all have a blessed rest of the day, man. Thanks, Tommy, for coming on. Thank you, JK. I hope to meet you one day. Hey, man, definitely, man.